Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. We welcome back Astros Authentication Manager and Team Historian Mike Acosta. Great to talk with you again, Mike. And when we did this a year and a half ago, you were excited about the Astros Hall of Fame and the potential. Well, lo and behold, it's finally a reality. You just got to be ecstatic about what's going on with that. I am. It's it's a reality now. So it's uh, it's in place, and we we are going to have a, a ceremony in August, and people love it so far. And and the plaques aren't even there yet. So it's very exciting to see it come to fruition from paper and all the research and everything else. And, and now there it is. Hall of Fame Alley exists here at Minute Maid Park. When fans go to Minute Maid, what do they see now, and what's on the horizon? Right now, we have all sixteen inductees on display. So we have them all the way from the beginning of the franchise with the Colt 45s up until the, uh, the, the Bagwell Biggio era and, and just a, a bunch of familiar names that, that you know. So the way we started with this is we took the retired numbers. So all of our retired numbers that we had up on, the, uh, on top of the scoreboard here at Minute Maid Park. And then we also have six more guys that were on the 2012 50th anniversary Walk of Fame. And we combine that to, for the inaugural class of the Houston Astros Hall of Fame. So, in other words, basically, if you look at this, what would this Hall of Fame have looked like if we had started it 20 years ago? If we started, say, when we moved here to Minute Maid Park, where where would it be? And it would probably look very, very similar, if not pretty identical to what we have now for this inaugural class. So we have a display case representing each inductee. We have uh, two broadcasters, 14 players. Uh, the broadcasters are, are Gene Alston and Milo Hamilton. There's some broadcast-related items in, in one of the cases there. And then we have a jersey representing all of the players. And, um, you know, you'll find a bat, you'll find a glove, the, the hat. All of that will, will be in the uh, the case when, when people walk through the, the alleyway. And then, of course, the logo is everywhere, and there's graphics, and their names are front and center. So it's it's a, and it's all branded. In the Astros colors, so you see rainbow colors, you see the navy colors, you know, their, their names are, are right there front and center. So that's what you see right now. And then there's also an area where uh, we have a, a navy backdrop with a lighted orange Astros Hall of Fame logo, and that's where the plaques are going to go. So the plaques will arrive later this year. We'll do the induction ceremony on August 3rd, and we'll have the plaques installed at that time. What about, is there going to be like a, a structure that people will go into or something more that you're going to be adding on to this? Yes. The, 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 the goal is to have a full-fledged museum where people can walk in and walk through an environment, walk, see what it's like to, to have gone into the Astrodome, see the Astrodome scoreboard, maybe walk on AstroTurf, see all these great artifacts from from over the years and even the the years prior to the Cole 45s with the Houston Buffs and and just really tell an overall story of, of baseball in Houston so that is the ultimate goal where people can walk into a climate controlled environment and see that that story before them and celebrate it and learn from it but what we've done right now is start with the alleyway in the outfield and rebranded that reconstructed it put the display cases out there. The plaques will, will go on permanent display there. And that's our starting point right now. And we have in that space that we have constructed, we have room. If we do two more guys per year, we have enough space in there for the next five years. The master plan of Minute Maid Park 
is always pretty fluid. I mean, there's there's a direction for Minute Maid Park. Obviously, we extended the lease through the year 2050. Originally, it was through uh, 2029, and here we are in 2019. So that would that would only been 10 more years in this ballpark. Uh, but now we're we're going to be here for a lot longer. So there's a, a larger master plan for Minute Maid Park, and where a, a museum, a Hall of Fame, fits into all that, there's there's many possibilities and we've actually taken a look at two or three different locations in and around the ballpark. So that that's all kind of still to come and it, and it's exciting and, and it'll, it'll be something that the fans can look forward to in, in the future. But for right now, we have a very good starting point with this. The obvious question is a timetable. Do you have a timetable for any of this? We don't No, There's, there's no timetable. You know, we want to, we want to make sure we do it right. Uh, you know, I did case studies with other clubs and, you know, see what what uh, you know, Kansas City with Cincinnati, St. Louis. You know, those are the ones that that, that come to mind immediately. That have full fledged museums and and some other ballparks that have some displays and and hall of fames and what they do with how how the the main thing that I really wanted to do with this year one was get a structure going. So put together a committee. You know, put together. Uh, uh, internal committee that that we will guide the ballot in the future, where we talk about who's going to be next. You know what what are the merits? What are there going to be the future guidelines for this? And that's something that that we have internally, and and so we have that structure in place now, so we can move forward with future Hall of Famers, and then we can change the the uh, display cases that are there in the Hall of Fame now. They they all honor each individual inductee. But I think in the future, what I'd like to do, since we are going to put in maybe one or two guys per year, and it's not limited to, to men. I mean, obviously, this is an Astros Hall of Fame, so it's, it's, it's open to front office, so, so women can, can be part of this as well. So it's not just men that you'll see in there in the future, I'm sure. But convert those display cases that are now honoring the 16 inductees, but also tell maybe a story of something that's happened along the way in Astros history next year in 2020, this ballpark is going to be 20 years old. So I'd like to maybe convert some display cases to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Minute Maid Park and things like that. As we go along, maybe we have team reunions and we, we, uh, we celebrate that in the hall of fame. And then we always will focus on a new display for the new inductees that come in. So it's, um, it's like I said, it's really exciting. I'm glad that the, the fans have something to, to go out there and see. And they've been excited. I've had people stop me on the concourse over the, the first few games that we played at home here this year. And, and they, they've told me how much they really enjoyed and, and seeing it. And, and I just tell them, just wait, wait until if you like it now, wait until you see the plaques and wait till you see what we do in the future, because it's it's really exciting. This is just the beginning. You're one of 11 members on the induction committee. How does the Astros Hall of Fame member voting go from here on out? Do you guys vote yearly to add a player or two, or how are you going to do that? Yeah, we, what we'll do is we'll get together in, um, in the, the, the third or fourth quarter of this year. We'll put, put together a meeting, the, uh, the Astros Hall of Fame committee, and we'll, we'll have a discussion. What, what I would eventually like to do is, is also have some sort of fan involvement Although that's not set in stone. Now, ultimately, the the Astros, our organization, is going to have the final say on who the inductee or inductees are as we move forward. But we wanted to have transparency. So the important thing is to bring in 
other people who have covered the Astros, some people who have worked for the Astros for a very long time, uh, people that, that are uh, involved with, with baseball research. So we've gotten the, the president of the, the Sabre chapter here in Houston, Bob Durrell, and another Houstonian or, or historian here who, who's not only a baseball historian, but a Houston Houston or historian, uh, Mike Vance. Uh, and then we also have Craig Biggio. You know, we have Larry Durker, who are, who are actually part of the, the inaugural class of the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, we have Brian McTaggart and Allison Footer from MLB.com. And, and Allison also used to uh, work for the Astros for many, many years and very well versed in Astros history. We have Marion Harper, who's one of our vice presidents of foundation development. We have Gene Dias, who's our vice president of uh, communications and media relations. And then Reed Ryan is on there as, as well. And myself, and uh, I don't think I forgot anybody there. I think that, that I believe that covered everybody. So I apologize if I, if I left somebody off, but, uh, but, but really just have a broad spectrum of knowledge. So that way we, we had um, some people who, who were very well versed on Astros history, who know the players, who know the history, maybe they're from Houston or they've they've covered the Astros for for a very long time, or they're they're a former player who who made an impact on the team, and and so we really need that to uh, to to choose wisely and, and and move forward. All right, I'm going to go through the the initial class, and you're saying that the initial class was just chosen from say say how those the, the original class was chosen, the, the the retired numbers, and who else? The retired numbers and the 2012 Walk of Fame. Okay, so you've got. This will all be uh, they'll all be honored uh, Hall of Fame weekend August the second through the fourth. The first class: Bob Aspermani, Bagwell, Biggio, of course, Nolan, Durker, Milo, Jose Cruz, Gene Elston, Joe Morgan, Joe Necro, uh, Shane Reynolds, J.R. Richard, Mike Scott, Jim Umbrick, Don Wilson, and Jimmy Wynn. Uh, so those are the the ones that were honored. Do you know if all the living members will be there at induction weekend? Yeah, we're working through that right now. We the first goal was to contact everybody earlier this year and and uh, communicate that we are establishing the the Astros Hall of Fame and to welcome them as inaugural members of that group. And so uh, obviously we have five of our inductees who are uh, no longer living; they're deceased. And so we reached out to their families, and they are all delighted. And, and uh, we've gotten a lot of responses of people who will be here. There's a couple of guys who uh, are not sure if they can be in town because of their their schedule. We have at least one inductee who might have a, a schedule conflict already because of something that was already previously going on with them. Um, but I think you're going to see. Most of those guys here or their families here to represent the the, the uh, inductees who are no longer with us. Yeah, there's going to be a, a ton of uh, great players that I would assume would be here because a lot of them are in town. A lot of them are around, obviously, Nolan and Bagwell and Biggio and those guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was thinking of who who's missing from the guys that uh, of that initial class. And, and I guess the, the name that immediately pops into my head is, is Lance Berkman and, and what what he did, maybe the best player that maybe hasn't been honored yet. Is there, is there anybody else that you think of right off the bat that, you know, that, that guy is going to be in the, in the hall of fame in the next few years? Yeah. I mean, I think you can, you can also look at uh, guys like Bob Watson and Cesar Cedeno. I think those are uh, long time Astros who had a, a big impact on their teams and their clubs and, and their teammates. You know, Bob was uh, Bob Watson was a, a team captain you know, uh, of the Astros in the seventies. 
and uh, has stayed and involved with with his uh, his former teammates for many many years. And so I think those are guys that are that are probably going to get a lot of discussion uh, initially. Uh, Lance Berkman, like you mentioned, is is obviously somebody who who had a great impact in the '90s and or the late '90s and and also um, into the 2000s. Uh, you know, he he. He, his impact was just as great as any one of the other guys there. Roy Oswalt is one that, that comes to mind. Uh, there's there's any number of guys. Um, you know, we what I've done is I've put together just. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm always taking a look at, at our roster and our all time roster. Uh, who uh, the service time? So if we look at all the service time, you know, with, with Biggio at 20 years, Bagwell at 15, then you look at the guys who had. 10 to 14 years of service. How many of these guys of all, of all the players that we have and going into the inaugural class, um, who does that leave after that? And there's a lot of great names that, that come to mind. I mean, you also have, um, Ken Caminetti, you have Terry pull, uh, that, that is in there. Uh, there, there's a lot of great discussions for, for hall of famers, for Astros hall of famers who had a tremendous impact on this franchise. The rainbow uniforms, they just celebrated an anniversary this past week. And I believe it was a guy named Jack Amuni who came up with the design. Can I nominate him for a spot in the Hall of Fame next year, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we're that that's the type of thing. I mean, we're looking at not only people who wore the uniform, but people who had an impact on the franchise, even off the field. So, you know, a, a, a guy like Jack, you know, who. Who uh, who helped design that that uniform and Gary Rollins, who was uh, the vice president at the time with with the Astros, that kind of oversaw that project. Um, you know why not? That's something that that is up for discussion and it's and it's there. You know I think we we would have a a, a well thought out discussion and and to to justify it or you know and, and again there's a lot of great stories to tell. So if is this something that we want to do to celebrate the say 45th anniversary of the the rainbow uniform next year do we create an exhibit with different the different types of rainbow uniform because it kind of changed over the years um you know and and things like that so is it a is it a hall of fame induction or is it an exhibit or um again people who are were didn't wear the uniform uh re bob smith judge roy hoffines uh george kirksey craig cullinan uh, the founding fathers of the the Houston franchise, you know, do, uh, they're in the discussion as well. You know, a guy like Tal Smith would, would I think, be a um, in the discussion here in the future as well. So it's it's not just on the field. It's certainly people who had tremendous impact to the Houston Astros organization as a, as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. All those guys you mentioned, I was thinking about. And speaking of the rainbow jerseys. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm assuming they're the best-selling Astros jerseys outside of the current ones. The rainbow uniform is is part of what I call the the Houston DNA as for baseball, and and so it's it's so identifiable with with the Astros, and and especially since we've returned, you know, in the past, what is this now? Six years we've we we have returned back to navy and orange, and have embraced the the rainbow colors after going with the the, the brick and the sand and the black of, of the 2000s when we moved into the new ballpark. Uh, it, it's, it's something that, you know, fans old and young 
really identify with the Astros. So it's it's um, it's definitely one of the top selling jerseys in, in the stores. Yes, correct. During Hall of Fame weekend, there are a few cool giveaways, Mike. The first 10,000 fans, depending on which night you go, will get a replica rainbow shoulder Nolan Ryan jersey, a replica Hall of Fame plaque monument, and a replica Hall of Fame jacket statue. So my question to you is, can I get my replica jacket fitted at the Astro team store? Uh, how, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 the replica jacket, which, which uh, the jacket I'm, I'm super excited about as well, uh, it's it's a wonderful orange jacket that has the the Hall of Fame logo on the the uh, the upper left and and uh, right at the the pouch and it has the the individual inductee name on the ribbon part of the uh, logo so it's a uh, it's it's tailored exclusively just for that person and um, and it has a little label on the inside as well and and the the label that that's on the inside of the jacket will be modeled after the old rainbow sweaters that the team used to wear in the 70s and the 80s. We used to have some some tags that said exclusively designed and for the Houston Astros. And we, we took that as a, uh, an inspiration. We changed it around just a little bit, and, and that'll be on the inside of, of these wonderful Hall of Fame jackets. Uh, the navy color will line the inside of the jacket, the orange on the outside, and uh, the replica it is going to be a, a statue, so like a say like a like a bobblehead resin type of statue, with that logo. So it's going to be really sharp. It's going to be re- the the thing that I really love about the jacket is when you see the Hall of Famers uh, walking, you're going to really it, it'll be hard to mistake that that's that's the uh, Astros Hall of Famers right there. It's going to be something that that's really impressive, and it'll be a nice sight to to see everybody wearing their jackets. Yeah, I think I read that wrong. I, I I was thinking it was it was the jacket itself, but it's a statue. It'd be cool if they gave away a replica jacket, though. That'd be that'd be. It would cool. be, yeah. I mean, if there was a way to to do that, I'm sure there is. I mean, we we give away replica jerseys, so you know it would be kind of cool. But but I think as a as a nice little gift, a desktop type of gift, you know, that, that somebody can put on their shelf. Uh, that that resin statue is going to be really nice. Yeah, one size fits all there for sure. Uh, tomorrow's the yeah. the anniversary of the Astrodome opener between the Astros and Yankees. Do you have a, a favorite little known fact from that game? You know, there's there's a lot of things that I think about. Uh, you know, the the uh, the game, the first pitch was at 7:48, so that was kind of the birth of of indoor baseball. You know, with the the first pitch from from uh, Dick Farrell to Mickey Mantle who's in the, the lineup and a lot of baseball fans who know that Mickey Mantle was not a leadoff hitter. And he, he also had some injuries right around that time. So he, they really weren't sure if he was going to play in the game because he was actually hurt. And, uh, but they put him in there because they wanted him to be the first batter in the, the Astrodome in this, this fabulous revolutionary dome stadium indoors. And so he was uh, the first batter, but uh, president Johnson of course was in attendance, but a lot of people don't know that uh, he arrived a little bit late to the game. He arrived because there was a, a, a bomb threat that was called in that they had to, to uh, check into first before they, he, they allowed him to, to come into the building. So that was probably something that that's not, very well known, and and it's I don't know how many times there's been an exhibition game where you've had uh, another team in attendance watching the game. You know that that first exhibition weekend on Friday night they played the Yankees, and then on Saturday they played the, the Orioles and the Yankees again, and then they on Sunday the same thing. They had a doubleheader with the Orioles and Yankees. So the Orioles came in for for two games, the Yankees for three. 
and uh, the Orioles were in attendance up on the club level watching the game uh, there. So, so that that's something that doesn't get a lot of attention, but um, but they were certainly here for for that game. Otherwise, you know, we know what happened with with the the Astros won in extra innings and, and two to one, and Nelly Fox got the the game winning hit and and all the, uh, the hoopla around with the box score. But I think those are probably a, a couple of the, the things that maybe don't get a lot of attention that maybe people didn't know about. Yeah, it's kind of like a split squad scrimmage. I didn't, I didn't realize that where they had two teams. That That is pretty unique. And I, I, yeah, that's something that I just I've never heard. Yeah, you don't really see it. I don't remember a time in any recent memory where you see one team playing two different clubs on the same day for a doubleheader. It's just, just kind of odd. But but it was a different scenario. I mean, you were opening up the Astrodome. It was revolutionary. And, and, and also that weekend with five games, it gave fans the opportunity to, to come out if they could come out during the day or the evening and see the Astrodome for the first time. So there were plenty of tickets available. You would have had 200 or yeah, a little over 200,000 tickets available for those five games. Um, probably more than that, 225, 230,000 tickets when you, when you count the standing room only and such. Uh, but they didn't sell out all the games. They, there were plenty of seats for, for the day games, and, and the night games were uh, a little bit more well attended. Uh, but, um, but it was an exciting weekend. I mean, that, that was, that was uh, something really, a, a real benchmark here in Houston history where uh, they opened up the Astrodome and really changed the way baseball was played. And, and, you know, that's something that kind of goes back to uh, the hall of fame as well. You know, if you look at the Astrodome, you look at rainbow uniforms, you look at AstroTurf and, and, you know, the Astros have always kind of been a trendsetter uh, in doing things a little bit out of the box. And, and so uh, one of the things that, that I'm uh, pretty excited about is the design of the hall of fame plaques. Um, you know, I won't give too much away, but I will say that it's not just your standard looking, uh, plaque that you normally see that's it's kind of rectangular. It'll have some of those elements, traditional form. But but I wanted to do something that was unique to Houston, uh, something that, that was a little bit different, that kind of paid uh, an homage to, to the team's history. So I'm, I'm really excited for people to see that. So when people get their replica plaque uh, later this year, and then they, they also see the plaques on, on display in the Hall of Fame and then the plaque replicas. We're going to give a full-size replica to the inductees uh, as well as the jacket. I think it's going to be pretty impressive. It's going to be very nice. In, internally here in our meetings, uh, when I brought the design to, to everybody, they really loved it. So it, it's something that, that's going to be very special. Yeah, going back to that Yankees-Astros uh, original game at in the Astrodome, I just stumbled across, and you would probably know this, uh, but I stumbled across an almost complete audio broadcast of that game on YouTube with Gene Elston, Lowell Pass, and Harry Callis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Posted that on uh, my Twitter feed, and, and I guess it's been around for two years, but I'm sure most people haven't maybe run across it. I also saw that ABC 13 posted nine minutes of archive film, including fans being interviewed in the stands prior to the game, Mike. So that, that was kind of cool. That's brand new just in the last few days. Yeah, I haven't seen the the footage yet, but I I certainly have heard the uh, the broadcast for a long time. There was a uh, a collection. I'm not sure if you if you're familiar with something called the Miley Collection, but there was a a gentleman who was selling uh, cassette tapes a long time ago, and you know I'm talking 20 plus years ago, 
and he had all these broadcasts on cassette that he he got from different radio stations across the country. And one of them was the uh, the opening of the Astrodome, and so it was on two cassettes. And and uh, I'm sure that's what was used because most of the time when I hear the the broadcast, it's KRLD. I think that's a call letter letters from Dallas. It was a Dallas radio station that was picking up the the affiliate for for the Astros up in that area, and that was the recording because you'll hear the station IDs uh, that come in, and and so that was just you could just hear the if you ever listen to that broadcast, you can really hear the the electricity in Gene's voice and, and also Lowell Pass and, and with Harry Callis when they're describing the action. And you can and the fun thing is you can hear the, the crowd reacting to different things. Like when they they introduce the president, when they, they fire off the scoreboard for the first time, because you know, obviously they were only uh, a couple of runs scored. The Astros had only scored once by the eighth inning in that exhibition game. And so they actually fired off the home run spectacular, not knowing if anybody was going to hit a home run for the Astros in that game, just to show the crowd what that magnificent scoreboard was going to look like when the Astros do hit a home run each time. So it, it was really cool to, to hear all that in the background and just hear the excitement in the announcer's voice. And it really does. A, it's very cool when Gene says something to the to the fact of, uh, uh, you know, wind is calm. The skies are clear and temperature is 72 degrees. <laughs> you know, it's a perfect <laughs> environment in the, in the Astrodome. And, and it's just it was really cool when, when he says something like that, when he's getting, you know, setting the scene for the broadcast at the beginning. I want to give you the last word. If there's anything that you think that fans need to know about that's coming up in the next few weeks or this year that they're not going to want to miss out at the out of the ballpark. There is another project that. Uh, that I was working on this off season, and uh, it's something that, that's that's special from a personal standpoint to me because uh, I, I love I'm a history person in general. You know, I love baseball history, uh, obviously Astros history. I love Houston history, and part of Houston history is NASA. And uh, you know, the Apollo 11 50th anniversary is coming up this year in in July. And um, I've been working on a a project that that'll be seen where fans will be able to see it. Uh, I can't really say too much about it, but watch for around the time uh, of the 50th anniversary. We have something planned uh, for the field where it's going to be very cool. And I'm I'm looking forward to it uh, in July. So it'll be right around July 22nd, which is going to be a couple days right after the the actual 50th anniversary. But it'll tie back to the Apollo 11 moon landing the first one that ever happened and i think it'll it'll be cool because uh obviously the astros and nasa have always had a uh, special relationship and and we're named after the the astronauts and the the space program so it's a it'll be a cool tie-in yeah that sounds great you got me excited about that for sure and and i know if people out there are thinking i want to hear or see more about what mike's up to or uh, some of the stuff that uh, he's working on or just kind of cool stuff that he puts up on a daily basis. Just go to his Twitter feed, Astros Talk. He's at Astros Talk up on Twitter, so you can follow him right there. And uh, it's always fun to have you on, Mike, and hear all this stuff and all the great history. And we're really excited about the Hall of Fame coming up. And, and uh, the Hall of Fame weekend is just going to be tremendous. Well, I really appreciate it, Robert. Thank you so much. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. 
Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, listener. Are you a fan of Houston Cougar Athletics? Well, Sam and I have got the perfect podcast for you. It's the Scott and Holman Podcast. Yeah, we're talking all things Houston Cougars, in-season, off-season, recruiting, on-field results. If it's Houston Cougars, we're talking about it. So search Scott and Holman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.